Shalom and welcome to Tanakh Study. Uh, this is Alex Israel from Alon Shvut, and today we're going to study our third class on Parashat Noach. And we're going to look at the um, covenant um, that takes place between um, Noach and Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and really between Hakadosh Baruch Hu and all of mankind in the wake of the Mabul. Um, let's start reading from a Revi'i in Parshat Noach, from Perakhet Pasuk Tetvav. Uh, we've gone through the whole flood, and the waters have risen, the waters have subsided, and uh, as we see in the end of Pasuk Yudalad, uh, Yavshah Aretz, the land has dried out, and now, Vayidaber Elokim El Noach Leimor, Perakhet Pasuk Tetvav, chapter 8, verse 15. God says to Noach, saying, Tzimin Emerge, leave the teva, atav ishtecha uvanecha unashevanecha itach. Go out of the teva, you and your wife, your children, and the wives of your children with you, the wives of your sons. As we saw when um, Noach went into the teva, um, the men and women were, so to speak, separated. Uh, it said, Vayavon Noach uvanav, Noach and his sons, his wife and the wives of his sons went into the Teva in chapter 7, verse 7. Um, and Rashi told us that procreation, that marital relations were forbidden at that time. Now that the flood is over, you and your wife, your son, and uh, and your son's wives together with you, Rashi says, ah, the flood's over, now they are permitted with marital relations and the reason why I'm mentioning this as we shall see what well, we'll see in a couple of minutes all of the wild animals with you but off of whether we're talking about birds or animals or that's all of the animal all the um all animal kind now says God go and be fruitful and multiply go repopulate the world but Noach and his children came out and his wife and his son's wives with him notice Noach comes out with the men and Noach's wife with the women it seems as if they are not listening to the divine instruction why? Why do they not come out as they were told? Very, very strange. All of the animals, all the creeping things, all the birds came out in their families. Before they were always told but now we hear they come out as families they intend to reproduce but apparently not Noach what's going on and now Noach builds a altar to Hashem and he takes those clean animals those pure animals and all of the clean birds are a very, very powerful sacrifice. And Ola, everything is burnt. 
There is nothing eaten by the person who brings the korban, the sacrifice. Everything in the korban is burnt. An animal which was a living, breathing animal a few minutes ago is reduced to, uh, is, 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 is slaughtered, is burnt and becomes a pile of ash. Very extreme sacrifice, the Allah, which maybe um, really expresses the idea that we are Adam man begins in dust and ends up with dust. You can have something living and breathing and bleating, but it is reduced to a pile of ashes in a short amount of time. That's the Allah. What is this sacrifice for? Um, some of the Mufrashim, for example, the Radak, uh, talks about the idea that uh, this is in order to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for saving his life. Um, the idea being that somehow as Adam, as Noah comes out of the Teva, he wants to give a an expression that all life, that his life, that all life is attributed to to God. And that's why he he brought this uh, sacrifice. It is there in order to, uh, to 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 thank God in the most absolute way for saving him and for saving mankind. Um, he says here, Everybody else died. You see destruction all around you, and you have to, you feel a need to say thanks for saving your life. And that is what he was doing here. We're going to offer another suggestion in just one minute. How does God respond? By Yarech Hashem et Hareach Anichach, God smelt the sweet smell. As uh, the Radak continues and says, it's not that God needs sacrifices, but the sacrifice was pleasing for him. And by Yom Hashem Alibo, Lo Osif Lekalel Odet Adamah Bavur Adam. I will not continue to curse Adama, the land, because of humankind. Because I know that man's heart or man's, the inclinations of man's heart are evil, even from his youth. And I will not consider, continue to smite all living beings like I've done, Od all the future of the world, um, This is followed by God then giving um, Noach and his, and his sons and the whole of humankind a blessing, which sounds very similar to what was told to Adam. And later on we will see the special sign of the rainbow. But I would like to return back to my original question. If God told Noah to come out of the Teva, him and his wife, his sons and their wives, why do they come out separately? And here I refer to the writings of Rav Elchanan Samet, who has a very beautiful explanation and reframes the notion of this korban, of this uh, sacrifice that Noah brings. Because um, when the way we might want to see it is that when Noah comes out of the Teva, he sees a world in destruction, a world he saw with maybe many 
hundreds of millions of people beforehand, now is completely desolate. There's no one around. There's not a not not a bird chirping. There's not an animal bleating. There are no other human beings. What what a terrible destruction he finds around him, and 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 Noah doesn't know where to put himself. God says to him, "Go out with your wife," and he says, "I I, I don't know if I want to." procreate in a world like this what I'm going to help populate a world everybody's going to call this Noah's world because he and then the world will become evil and you're just going to destroy it again Noah needs some sense of reassurance he needs a sense that um, God isn't going to destroy again and this is what is on Noah's mind and this is what is bothering him um, Rashi relates to this, quoting the Medrash Tanchuma, and he says, Maybe you're going to bring another marble. In other words, we might want to say like this, why does Noach bring sacrifices? He's come out to the world, he says, God, you've told me to leave, you've told me to populate, but I, I'm not willing to do that until you tell me what that you're not going to do this again. He so much wants to contact God that he brings Korbanot in order to seek out God. He himself takes the animals that he's looked after for an entire calendrical year, and he sacrifices them to ask God somehow to appeal to him. And what's God's response? God's response is exactly this. This is puzzling because when God decided to destroy the world, he destroyed the world because in chapter 6 verse 5, God saw how evil man was in the world. That man was thinking evil all the time and that's why he decided to destroy the world. Now he says, I won't destroy the world. Why? I don't understand. Man was evil before. He's evil now. What's going on? And I think the answer is, he's saying, I will not curse the Adamah because of Adam, even though he will not destroy the world, even if the world becomes evil again. This notion of global destruction is off the cards. And I think this is a very powerful um, need that Adam, that, that Noah had in the wake of the, the Mabul, that uh, he should be given a, a reassurance. Otherwise, Noah simply didn't know how to continue. Um, I'm going to say a couple of other things because I think that the world after the Mabul changes in a few different ways. And let's relate to these uh, one by one. The first is relating to this Pasuk Chaf Aleph where God says, I won't curse Adama because of Adam. And this is a very powerful um, idea. You see, when Adam sinned, um, Adam comes from Adamaika, man, humankind, 
comes from earth. Um, man sinned and immediately God said that he is going to curse the earth because of man and it's going to sprout uh, thorns and thistles. Cain, the second uh, generation, Cain also sins and he says the same thing. And now the land will be cursed and you will be an endless ceaseless wanderer. Each time mankind sins, man is alienated from its origins. Man which was created from Afarmina Adamava Ipachba Pavnishmat Chaim, dust of the earth, and God breathed the spirit of life into him, is alienated from his origins, and the earth is cursed, not yielding its fruits to man with Adam, and then Cain becomes a wanderer. And in the generation of the flood, God says, I will wipe man out from the face of the earth. And even more than that, in the next line, he says that God, man has, the very aretz has become, become corrupt. Um, because man has made the world corrupt, the world will come to stop being to be. What God is now doing is God is saying that even though man will sin, God will not continually create this gulf, this widening gulf between man and his origins. Or put differently, the physical world will not respond to man's sin. The world will remain the same, as he says here, uh, sowing and reaping, cold and heat, summer and winter, Day and night will never cease. There won't be this visceral connection between Adam and Adama, and therefore man can go on um, even if man sins. Now you could say that's great. On the other hand, it's 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 problematic because we want a barometer of our sinning. I just would like to point out that there is one place on earth where the Adam Adama connection are alive and well, and uh, what am I referring to? I'm referring, of course, to Eretz Israel. Eretz Israel, where, according to Vayikra Perak Yud Chet, Vayikra chapter 18, if Israel sin in the land of Israel, we're told that uh, I will visit the sin on the land. The land of Israel is like got a sensitive stomach, and if sin happens on its soil, then the land will vomit us out of the land. Likewise, in the famous second paragraph of the Shema from Devarim, Parak Yud Aleph, we have a fascinating connection between Adam and Adama, because, of, uh, because there it talks about the idea that if we if you follow my mitzvot, then um, what will happen? I will give you the rain, very reminiscent of, and of course, uh, the land will give its produce. However, if you do not follow God, the land will not give its produce. So what we see is that in the land of Israel, the um, connection between land and human is there. Uh, sin pollutes the land. 
the land reacts to sin. Um, if we sin, we don't get rain. We don't uh, receive produce. If we keep the mitzvot, we do get rain. There is bounty. And uh, fascinating that on a universal sense, God says, I'm going to break this Adam Adama bond. Again, I'll repeat the Pasuk, Perak Chet, Pasuk, Chaf Aleph, Lo Osif Lekalel on Et Adama Bavora Adam. I will not continue to curse the land because of the human. Ki Yetzelev Adam Ramin Rav, even though man is, uh, man's heart is evil from his youth, However, in the land of Israel, this is not the case. A second way uh, in which God alters the state of being, and we've already mentioned the uh, uncanny resemblance between the regeneration of the world and the process of the days of creation. Last time we showed how chapter 8 describes the waters receding in the very way, day for day, of the way that the world is created. Of course, when when man comes into being in chapter 1, God, uh, chapter 1 in, in the creation chapter, God blesses man, and says, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the, the, the earth and conquer it, and uh, have dominion over it. And then he also tells man about what he's allowed to eat. Exactly the same pattern is followed here. I'm reading from chapter 9, verse 1, Perak Tet, Pasuk Aleph. God blessed Noach and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the world. Just like in chapter 1, where he says, Have dominion over the fish of the sea. Um, he gave man superiority here he says it in a more extreme way your fear and your dread will be over all of the animals of the world of the land um, and all the birds whatever crawls in the soil and over the fish I've given them in your hands anything which crawls will be for you to eat I've given it to you as the grass um, as the vegetation I've given you everything but here's a warning but you're not allowed to eat the um, the flesh with its life, the life in its flesh, its blood you must not eat. In other words, what Chazal here talk about is the idea that we are not allowed to do aver min hachai, we're not allowed to take a living limb off a dead animal, um, and we're also not allowed to eat blood okay so we have here that flesh with its lifeblood still in it you shall not eat and Chazal actually talk about the fact that this paragraph is and they derive from this paragraph all the Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noach they see that a whole ethical code of um, which applies to all humans is coming from this paragraph According to Pshat, we can't find all the seven mitzvot b'nei noach here. We have Eve minachai, 
we'll see in the next verse, let's see, V'achetimchem l'nafshotichem edrosh miyad kol chaya edroshenu u'miyad adam miyad ish achiv edrosh enefesh adam. And also your lifeblood I'll requite. From every beast I will requite it. And from humankind, from every man's brother I shall demand the life of a human. In other words, here he's saying nobody is allowed to kill another human. Not an animal, not a beast, not a human. A very beautiful chiastic verse. Um, the words are in, a, in perfect symmetry. He who spills the blood of a human by humans his blood shall be shed because God made humankind in his image. I refer now, be fruitful and multiply, swarm in the land and increase in it. Once again, what it seems to be happening here is that man is being given a reassurance that man will not be destroyed. Here we see, I'll peep shut, three of the Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noach, that murder is forbidden, that eating Eva Minachai, the life force still in the in the in the in the uh, being of the animal, you're not allowed to eat a living limb off a dead off of a life animal, and uh, the notion of the law courts because it talks about the idea that I will demand, I will have rec- uh, requite from all humankind if they um, if they kill. And he who sheds human blood, blood shall his blood shall be shed by humans. So, who's going to do that? This is the idea of law courts. What's happening in this paragraph? Um, here we get into a huge rabbinic discussion about whether Adam Arishon was allowed to eat uh, flesh. Was 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 a, was a vegetarian or was allowed to actually eat animals? Interestingly, I, the 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 um, Rishonim are divided on this, and the the Gemara even discusses uh, what Adam Harishon was allowed to eat. You have on the one side the Ralbag and the Shadal who say that of course Adam was allowed to eat meat, and they have a very interesting proof for this. They say because you have animals who are carnivores who simply their digestive system are unable to digest. Uh, um, vegetables and grass and all that stuff. A lion needs to eat meat. Uh, carnivores have to eat meat and therefore God didn't make some change in the biology of a lion suddenly from before Noah to after Noah. Uh, it must be that when God said uh, and told us to um, humankind to have dominion over all of the um, animal kingdom we were in control but animals who were created carnivores were still carnivores. And human beings also were allowed to eat meat. Um, however, the standard line in most of the Mepharshim is that that is not the case. Uh, for example, the Ramban, where the Ramban says, no, a man was vegetarian. And here at this point, um, humankind is being allowed to eat meat. He says, um, interesting question, why though? Uh, for example, he says, I'll read the Ramban to you. He says, Like our rabbis say, um, 
humankind until Noah was not allowed to eat meat. And that is the pshat of the of the Torah. Why he says? He says because of course animals also have something in common with humankind. They have life, they feel pain, they can choose what they eat, etc., etc. They run away from from danger, they experience life and death, and therefore it's inappropriate that human beings should eat meat. But he says, When humankind became corrupt and everybody was destined for death, Noach saved all of all of the animal kingdom. And since Noach saved the animal kingdom, in some way Noach is seen as the father of all of all these animals. Um, they come under his jurisdiction and therefore he was given permission to slaughter them. This is an interesting theory uh, because really if you're asked to look after the animals, the person looking after them doesn't necessarily eat them. He might use them for his work, but to eat them, it might be going a bit far. However, this is what the Ramban says. However, it is Rav Cook in a very uh, interesting article um, that Rav Cook wrote called Chazon Hatzimchonut Shalom, the vision of vegetarianism and peace whereof Cook raises a different possibility and he says that somehow mankind um, of course Adam was uh, from the beginning of, of time and I think this is indeed the Pshat because when you open Sefer Bereshit what you see there is that man is told in the end of chapter 1 um, he's told there. He nei natati lechemet kol eseb zorei zera al shal pnei kol haaretz vekol eseb shebo priet zorei zera lachem yelochla. I have given you all of the vegetation, which has seeds within it, over the face of all the earth, and all of the fruits of the trees. I've given you to eat. He mentions nothing about eating um, animals. And now, in the passage that we just read, he says. Anything which crawls in the land, I have given it to you as the grasses. It seems very clear that man is now allowed to eat meat, what he wasn't before. Says Rav Cook, look, before man wasn't allowed to eat meat, but what did man do? Man murdered. We'd prefer if man has some sort of desire for blood, for, um, for killing. And now that God has destroyed the world, he needs to press reset to the world. He pressed reset in a slightly different way. It's not that man has ownership over the uh, animals, but rather because man's inclination is evil, instead of killing human beings and um, instead of shedding blood, man is allowed to eat flesh. But of what? Of animals. But of course what is stressed here is you're not allowed to take human life and don't eat the blood with the animal. Don't eat animals alive. Um, man is asked to retain a certain level of um, morality, even as man is eating flesh. Um, so this is a fascinating second adjustment. If I said before that the connection between Adam and Adama is broken, man is also taken into a different uh, category by now being allowed to eat flesh. If you want... Uh, re being related to at a lower level um, an understanding that man has a sort of humankind has a brute within him 
which needs to eat meat. Um, this is not seen as an accolade, but rather as a weakness, according to Rav Cook. And this is a, another way, and the severe warning not to not to kill. Um, maybe I should add that I think many of these things reflect back on what were the sin and corruption of the Mabul age. Um, why was the world destroyed? I think we can see from a lot of these things, this warning about shedding blood of humans. They were killing people. The extreme um, need for the animals all to be Leminehu, Leminehem, Lemishpachotam, and relates back to what Rashi said, that animals were not keeping within their own kinds. And there was a sense of not only humans engaging in promiscuity, but even the animal kind polluting itself in some manner or form. And maybe if we extrapolate backwards from this um, segment, we will see uh, just uh, what was gone wrong with the world. Our time is unfortunately up, but uh, we will meet again next time when we will talk about the incredible sign of the rainbow and also the very, very mysterious story about the time in which Noah planted a vineyard, got drunk on the wine and was lolling about naked in his tent. The famous story about Shem and Yafed and Cham and, and uh, that episode. So please God, next time.